Hello, 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 ladies and gents, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bot and Beloved podcast. As always, it's your girl, Kirby Kelly, back at it again with another good word from the word. I'm so excited about this week's message because I was actually sitting with my husband and talking with my husband not that long ago, and he highlighted to me this story in scripture, and I was like, you know what? your girl wants to read it for herself. So that's exactly what I did. And as I was reading it, I just felt like the Lord unpacked so many good things in this for me to share with y'all. So if you feel like you are just going through it right now, you feel like the waves are hitting you from either side, you feel like you are going through a storm right now, I really want you to listen up because I believe that this word is for you and that it's going to be something that will encourage you in this season or maybe when another storm comes because the storms of life are bound to come at us, okay? As someone who is like just now coming out of one, I needed this a couple months ago and I'm glad I read it now because it's something I will carry forward into future storms that I believe will help myself and you all listening. So we're going to just jump into it, okay? I'm going to be reading from Acts 27 verses 13 through, wait for it, 44. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's really good. And it follows the life of the Apostle Paul. And this is like the second to last chapter in the book of Acts. And Acts gives us the story, a detailing, a recap, a history of the early church. And what's really cool is we see in this the whole story of really the the ministering that happens to the Gentiles who are being grafted into the family of God. And the main apostle and discipler and preacher to the Gentiles was Paul. And because of this, Homie got imprisoned because Rome, they didn't like that. They were like, "Mm, we don't like this, okay? Uh, Seems to be a theme. But anyways, in verses 13 through 44 of chapter 27 of Acts, it's literally titled The Storm at Sea. So I'm just going to read through it and then we're going to actually break this down, okay? So you can follow along if you want or just listen, okay? Really tune in if you can. But this is how it begins in the New Living Translation. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. Oh, little backstory. Um, Paul is on a ship with a bunch of prisoners and they are sailing to, um, I believe it's Rome. Am I correct? They're sailing somewhere uh, because Paul is supposed to stand before Caesar on trial for dying for his faith. Okay, so he's on this boat and then there's a storm. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeastern burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Kauda. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But they're sailing by this small island, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of 
Syrtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Verse 27. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm. That's a long time. Two weeks, y'all. As we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and to the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and they let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on the board, who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off anchors and let them into the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. That's a long story, y'all. It was like, what, 30 verses, 31 verses? That's a lot. But anyways, that's the story. And it paints a very vivid picture of what is going on. And I think it's so interesting that in the midst of this storm whom Paul is a prisoner on this ship, they're listening to Paul. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. 
my God says that we're going to be okay. Like we're 14 days into this storm, but I am calm, cool, and collected because I believe in the promises of God. I believe in what that angel messenger that God sent to me said. I believe in that word. And I'm going to cling to that, that we are all going to survive so long as we obey and we listen to what God said. And guess what? They did. Even though the ship was being hit from either side, and even though the ship was losing its precious cargo, and even though the ship was breaking day after day after day after day, they survived. They were shipwrecked, but they survived. They made it to shore. They made it to land. And not only that, not only did they survive, God got the glory. These people who didn't believe in the Christian God, the God of Paul, Jesus, they they were encouraged by his faith. They were spared because of the word that he gave to them that God gave to him. Like, Paul believed that and he was so convinced of this that so was everybody else on the ship and it was true and it happened and so I want to break down how we can survive the storms in our life because I think that in reading this in reading Acts 27 verses 13 through 44 there are three specific specific things that we see Paul uh, exemplify that allowed for him to not only come out of the storm alive, but to even remain encouraged and confident with no matter what was going on, when the winds were still coming, when the waves were still hitting, when the when the anchors and the rudders were still hitting against rock and things had to be thrown off ship in order to lighten the load and all those things. I want to talk about these three things. The first one being this is how this is how we survive the storms according to what we see in this passage. The first thing, we need to rely on the promises, the presence, and the provision of God. That is exactly what Paul did. And I can pull up the verse where we see this in verses 23 through 25. It says, For last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before a Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. It'll be just as he said. I think that we need to understand this, that when we are in the midst of a storm, what God has said, his word, what he has promised to us, still stands his promises his provision and his presence it remains it, he is not going to be unfaithful to us with the promises that he has made us directly and even in his word that can be applied to many generations and many circumstances right like whether god has specifically told you i am with you it's going to be okay this is what's going to happen you need to cling to that or if you're reading the promises that we see in his word that apply to every believer's life we need to remember this we need to remember the truth of god we need to rely on the promises, the presence, and the provision of God. You know why? Because one, that's going to actually keep us sane. 
knowing what is true. It will free us from deception. It'll free us from freaking out and jumping ship, which we will read about here in a second again. It'll free us from anxiety and worry and stress and and trying to take things into our own hands because the storms of life, sometimes there are things that we can't do. Sometimes there are. There are things that we can do to help lighten the load and and steer the ship in the right direction and and do these things in order to um, wisely make decisions and steps going forward. But sometimes there are storms that are going to hit you out of left field and you are a little boat in the middle of a big ocean and there's not much you can do. Like, yeah, we have GPSs nowadays and we have all this technology and it's great. But think about these people in like the year, what, 60-something, 70-something AD, where they literally have what? The stars and a piece of paper to tell them where to go. They're like looking at where the birds are flying to figure out if a storm's coming, right? Like those things come out of nowhere. This was like a typhoon. Like this was not just like a rainstorm. This was insanity for 14 days. And in the midst of insanity and calamity, Paul had peace because he remembered and relied on the promises, on the provision, and on the presence of God that he would remain with Paul. And because of his goodness and graciousness would remain for everybody else there that chose to listen to the word of God given to Paul, which is so cool. So be encouraged, friend, that if you are in the midst of a storm today, you can rely. You can rest assured. You can lean on. When you can't stand, you can physically lean on the promises of God. That's going to keep you afloat when you just feel too tired to keep kicking. Like when you rest in him and you rest on his promises and you say, God, even though my faith is as small as a mustard seed today, even though it was as big as a mustard plant yesterday, I'm still going to trust in you. That's going to give you peace. That's going to give you confidence. That's going to give you the stamina and the endurance and the steadfastness and the motivation you need to get through the storm. Because sometimes there's no getting around it, going under, going above. A lot of times we got to get through. But I think with the implication of getting through something gives us hope that there is something on the other side. If we are going through the valley of the shadow of death, like we read in Psalm 23, the implied truth of that is that there's something on the other side waiting for us that God has for us. Suffering and storms, they're destined to come. They're destined to come. But even in the midst of that, not only is there hope and joy and peace on the other side, we can have hope, joy, and peace going through it. Why? Because we rely on the promises, presence, and provision of God, just as Paul did here in Acts 27. The second thing that we all need to know when it comes to the storms of life and surviving the storms of life that we're going through is number two, we need to remain where God has us, not jumping ship even when the ship seems to be going down. How many of y'all have been there before where God's like, you're going to be okay? Just do this thing. Or just don't do that thing. And you're like, okay. And then like a day goes by, two days goes by and nothing changes. And you're like, you know, I'm just going to do things the way that uh, I'm going to do them. (laughs) And we're going to see if anything gets better. And then 
it like just doesn't get better and it's like i should have just remained on the ship i should have just done the thing you told me to do god and not like make this more complicated for me and he's like yeah literally i have your best interest in mind that's what i'm reminded of when i read verses 30 through 32 it says then the sailors tried to abandon the ship they lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship but paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard like y'all remember what god said to me that i'm telling y'all right so the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and they let it drift away not the prisoner paul telling the commanding officers and soldiers yeah no don't do that and they're like okay i can't believe that this dude is in shackles he is their prisoner and they recognize the authority that he has because of what the god of the universe has told him that amazes me when i really think about it that amazes me and it's so true that there are times where we're like, yeah, this ain't working out. I'm just going to jump ship. I'm just going to lower down this little lifeboat. I'm going to get into my my the little plan B lifeboat and I'm going to try and find some shore when God's like, uh-uh, I called you to plan A to stay in the big boat with me where Jesus is sleeping on the back of the ship, chilling, cool as a cucumber, even though all chaos is breaking loose. Like the God of order is living life with us on the ship in a world of disorder. We are in the safest place when we are with him, when we are within his will, when we are abiding where he calls us to abide and trusting him, where he is calling us to entrust him. I know it seems crazy. I know it seems more logical to get into the rinky dinky little lifeboat where the waves are going crazy when when you actually think about it i don't know if that's the best place to be but they think so friend don't doubt god don't doubt where he is where he has you where he is calling you to be and where he is telling you to not go when you rely on his promises presence and provision and you remain where he has you you're gonna be okay you will survive the storm you will. You'll get through it. And the third thing is we need to restore our bodies with what we need when the storm is happening around us. We also need to um, restore our souls with worship and thanksgiving. And I love this because I know for me, I, I bring this up a lot because it's like the, the freshest thing that's happened to me that's been a storm has been the passing of my mom. And I, like in the hospital when I was sitting with her and even just like when I was at home, I remember the biggest thing that people kept telling me to do was you need to eat. You need to sleep. You need to take a shower. You need to do things that will take care of yourself. You need to restore and replenish yourself in this season because we need to be taken care of if we're going to get through these things. I know that y'all are going through some real stuff. Maybe you're going through the loss of a loved one right now. Or maybe you're grieving the loss of a job or a dream. Or maybe you are just going through a storm of mental health right now where it just seems so cloudy and you can't see a lighthouse beaming light at you right now. And you just don't want to get out of bed or you don't feel like eating 
or you you haven't showered in a week like friend we need to take care of ourselves we need to we need to we need to take care of ourselves physically and we need to restore our soul in the process of that as well. And I think the perfect example of this is verses 33 to 36 and it's or 37, sorry. And it says, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You can remember the hope of your savior, of our savior. I'm talking to you. I don't know if these people believed in Jesus, but I know if you're listening to this podcast, odds are nine out of 10 of you guys do. And if you don't, you can't put your faith and hope in Jesus. You know why? Because he's not just the lifeboat. He's not just the lighthouse. He is the light of the world and he is our preserver, our savior. He is going to save you in the midst of your drowning. He's going to lift you up. He's going to get that water out of your lungs and breathe new life into you. You're actually going to come out better on the other side of the storm than you realize. And that's the craziest part is that even though sometimes we don't know why storms happen, whether someone caused a storm in our life, whether we caused a storm in our life or because of the broken world we live in, there are just storms that happen that just cyclone out of nowhere. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. If I know anything to be true, as I've read scripture after scripture, story after story, book after book of these real people that went through real hardships, they got through it. Maybe there was some loss with it. Maybe they lost some cargo along the way. Maybe parts of the ship got broken and bruised, but they survived. And Paul is encouraging them, eat for your own good. Not a hair on your head is going to perish. You're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. The victory is ours in Christ. I'm talking to you right now. You're going to be okay. I'm not minimizing your situation. I recognize the storm you are in is so real and feels so big and maybe feels insurmountable. Like it is so out of your control. But God is greater than anything that feels great to us. We can't even comprehend the greatness of God. Like it says in scripture, we literally can't comprehend the greatness of God. So knowing that to be true, however great you feel your storm is, your sin is, your situation is, God can handle that because he is immeasurably more than that thing that you're going through. If he's not going to take you out of it, he's going to take you through it. And he's going to grow you. He's going to shape you. He's going to mold you. He's going to give you experience and testimony that only you might be able to speak life into someone about that is going through that very same thing. You, you, you will not have perspective on this side of the storm. You can have hope, though. It's on the other side of the storm that one day you will be able to look back with perspective and see, oh. This is why. Oh, this is where God was. Oh, this is the purpose in that. Because God can even work the bad things out for good. With the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Like, 
He's going to bring goodness and purpose out of this. And it says, continuing in verses 35 through 37, then he took some bread. Paul took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all. Mind you, there's like 276 people on this boat. And he broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board. I think that's amazing that in the midst of the storm, we need to restore our bodies and we need to take care of ourselves. Like on a human level, we need to take care of ourselves. But on a spiritual level, our soul needs to be restored through recognizing who God is, through praising him and thanking him in the midst of what's going on. And even simply just crying out to him, like recognizing God, I need you. And what's so cool is that other people, intentionally or not, are going to see your response to this thing. And they will be encouraged by your faith. Like your faith isn't a performance. It's not a show. It's a very real thing. And it will change the lives of other people. These 276 people were ready to jump ship. And because one man with faith remained, they all survived. Like, you can survive. You can get through this. I believe in you that whatever you are going through, whether it has been a day, a week, two weeks, two months, two years, two decades, I know it feels like forever. There are other battles that I have been in where it has been longer than two weeks, two months, and two years. And it has felt like forever. And I've questioned God and I've argued with God and I've doubted God. But in those moments where I, what was it again? Rely on the promises, presence, and the provision of God. Remain where he has told me to remain and have taken time to restore my body and restore my soul with the things that connect me with God and put me in right perspective with God. I've survived. And not only that, I've been able to endure with confidence and peace and joy. <laughs> like, that's only result of faith in God and his presence, his faithfulness in my life and in the, in the lives of many other people, Paul being one of them. So I literally have so many more notes <laughs> that I could say on this. Maybe this will be like another sermon for another day. I don't know. But I'll say this. I'll read these off just so I can say that I did them, right? God uses the storms that we go through in life for many purposes. To get us to dump unnecessary cargo that's weighing us down overboard. There's some stuff that we literally got to throw off ship to lighten your load. And I believe God is going to be faithful to... To convince you and to convict you of what it is that needs to go off ship moving forward. And it might be heavy and hard, but it'll be good. It's so worth it. God can use storms to grow us in our faith, our strength, our hope, and our endurance. Like I said earlier, God can also use storms to give us a testimony of his faithfulness and goodness that prevails when only the miraculous can make a way. God also, within the storms, can use them to ground us in truth, in reliance on him, and trust in God above any other human thing, including ourselves. Because we are not our own savior, Jesus is. God can also use the storms to actually get us to a destination that he wants us at when we were 
completely going in opposite direction. He can blow some wind in your sails to get you going the other way <laughs> if he wants you to. Because that destination is going to be far greater and better maybe than where you were going to go. Maybe it was going to be good, but it wasn't going to be where God wanted you. Where God wants you is greater. Okay. I also want to read two more scriptures. The first one being Matthew 7, 25 through 27. And Jesus says in this, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. We are metaphorically the house and the storms are the storms of life. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, on truth, on Jesus. Jesus is known as the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who's built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with great crash. The fact of the matter is with this parable that Jesus says is that the storms of life are going to come whether you are a believer or not, whether you are saved or not. And it is the person who has their house built on what is what is a firm foundation on the truth of God, the promises of God, the hope that is found in the Lord. That's the house that's going to remain. It's like the big bad wolf. He's huffing and puffing at all the little piglets houses. But which one's going to stand? The brick. The one made out of the rock. Which house are we going to be? Which little piggy are we going to be? The reason why that one's not in scripture is because um, they couldn't eat pork. <laughs> Anyways, one last scripture I want to share with y'all. It's so stupid. James, the brother of Jesus, actually writes in James 1, 2 through 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow like the Lorax. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Y'all, God is going to use the storm that you're in right now for some greater purpose. And although you might not have perspective on that right now, you can have hope. You can have hope in the promises of God, the presence of God, and the provisions of God that he's going to supply your every need. You don't need to abandon ship, but maybe you do, need, you do need to throw some cargo off board and take care of yourself. Like mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Take care of yourself. You're going to survive. We're all in this together. We're all on little boats next to each other just... Some of us are smooth sailing and good for you. But for the rest of us, like we're going to make it. We're going to make it to shore one day and it will sure be worth it because God is good and there's purpose in it. Well, I hope this episode encouraged you all. I love you guys so stinking much. And if you're going through something and you want me to make a podcast episode preaching and speaking and teaching to your specific thing that you are going through, whether it's questions about the faith and Christianity and being a Christian and living out life as a Jesus follower, or you have questions about the Bible or even how to how to navigate certain struggles or sins or questions that you have in general, email me, beloved at gmail.com. I also want to say if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts and you want to give your girl a five-star rating, um, I would really appreciate that because that 
gets the podcast up and going in the charts, not so that anyone can know who I am, but genuinely so people can hear messages like this and be encouraged for the person who like needs this hope to not jump ship. You know what I mean? So do that if you want and share it with your friends too who might be going through some stuff. And I pray that if your friends sent you this, know that you have a good friend and I pray that this encourages you as well. But until next time, you can follow me on all my socials. It's Kirby is a boss on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, you can check me out there where I'm posting content daily. But until then, new podcast episodes drop on Tuesdays, the video, Wednesdays, the audio. So be looking forward to that. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already and hit the bell if you're watching on YouTube. And with that, I will see you next week. I love you guys. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.